welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Sundays at 1045 a.m. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at the Church, and I welcome each of you to our service. I especially want to welcome you if you're new to the church. Please feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments if you're able, and let us know from where you're viewing the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let's connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments, if you are on a platform where you can, or simply by taking a moment to sense the heartstring connections that bind us together. Please join me in saying our words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. This is a quote from Angela Agantala who is a futurist and a director at Grayspace, a design and futures consultancy that helps organizations think about and plan for the future. She says, You can either think that the world is getting better, or that the future will be much better than it is now, or you can think that the world is getting worse. But that continuum isn't as important to me, actually, as this idea of do you think that you have agency in this world that is either getting better or worse? When it comes to our futures, we have hope, we have fear, but sometimes we forget that we also have influence, and that means we can choose the futures we want to work towards. Nothing is written in stone. One of the things that keeps us bound together as a religious community, even when we can't be together physically, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We hold it in our hearts all during the week, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community.
Beloved community, as envisioned by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., includes replacement of racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. These beliefs and values are embedded in our own values, mission, and ends. Our sixth end states, we partner with other organizations and faith communities to dismantle a culture of white supremacy and other systems of oppression within ourselves, within our church community, and beyond our walls. As we enter 2021, the board is hosting a series of beloved community conversations. Starting on January 31st, you will have the opportunity to participate in virtual beloved community conversations on a variety of topics over the next four weeks. You can come to one or all of them. There will be two options each week. One will be held as a breakout during coffee hour. The second will be on a different evening each week to allow maximum opportunities for participation. Sign-up information will be shared via the weekly Friday bulletin and via email. Our senior minister, Meg, and I strongly encourage you to participate to help advance the values of our beloved community. Each week during our service, we've been having a moment for Beloved Community to deepen our understanding of it. I now invite Tony Wegner from the Beloved Community Conversations team to present this week's moment. In watching videos of the storming of the U.S. Capitol, I was struck by how differently the police behaved in this situation when there was an attack on democracy versus during much more peaceful demonstrations for Black Lives Matter. I know there are all kinds of theories of the police behavior during this event and that there are investigations, but it hurt me in my heart to think of this clear evidence of racism in our country. I cried alongside a black, young black mother of three in my workplace who questioned the same. These were aggressive people with weapons and Confederate flags, and yet police were not necessarily responding aggressively. If they had been people of color, there is no doubt that the death rate would have been considerably higher. My siblings and I inherited a pretty strong fairness gene from our parents, which means that situations that are unjust feel negative disproportionately to the actual injustice. The events of the last several months make me appreciate how unjust our society is for people of color and that all of us must actively work to dismantle systemic racism. I don't consider myself an activist, and I don't feel like I'm really good at articulating my thoughts. But when I'm talking with others after each of these events, it really has been helpful for helping me sort out my thoughts and to process what I'm feeling. I want to participate in beloved community conversations to figure out what I can do or what we can do as a community. And I hope you'll join me in the conversations for whatever your reasons are. My question for you to consider this week, what does it take for police to be trained not to respond aggressively for people of color? Our meditative reading comes just today from our own Reverend Chris Jimerson. I've decided to exercise my imagination more. I want to build its strength, add some muscle to it, but keep it kind make it more active and more likely to activate on a moment's notice when really needed. So, I'm reading more, immersing myself in stories, 
myths, poetry, the arts more often, rewriting the poems and stories of my childhood sometimes, permitting my daydreams to take hold, allowing music to enter into my heart and soul. At times, I even dance. Poorly, I think, but that's okay. And as I dance my awkward dance, I dream not only of a future made better than today, but a present moment suddenly filled with possibility. I invite you now into a time of centering, a time of breathing deeply in and out, in and out. And as we breathe deeply, let us feel the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another as we transform virtual space into beloved religious community. Breathe in, breathe out. Follow that breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater calmness, a place of silence, stillness, healing, growth, a place where our imagination creates visions of greater love and justice in our world. The place where that spark of the divine dwells within each of us. We'll have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing and if you wish to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes.
Well, it's been a challenging last couple of weeks, hasn't it? How's that for understatement? Wednesday before last, we all watched in horror as armed rioters went on a rampage within the U.S. Capitol. We've learned since then that at least some of them have had pre-planned to do so, and that some governmental officials and wealthy individuals likely assisted them. We have learned that they plan to do physical harm or even assassinate some of our elected officials. I'm recording this sermon on Friday, January 15th, amidst FBI reports that these far-right white supremacists may again be planning more armed demonstrations and possible violence at the U.S. as well as state capitals beginning as early as tomorrow. All of this while the coronavirus rages... Our hospital ICUs are overwhelmed. A new, more contagious strain of the virus has emerged for which we don't yet know whether our current masking and social distancing protocols will prevent its spread. And the challenges and losses we experience just as part of our lives don't stop for a pandemic or an insurrection against our democracy, do they? I describe all of this to say that if you're experiencing some of the signs of stress, anxiety, indeed trauma that our senior minister Meg talked about last week, shock, denial, disbelief, confusion, difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, that's a big one for me right now, anger, irritability, mood swings, anxiety, fear, feeling sad or hopeless, feeling disconnected, numb, or withdrawn. If you're feeling any of these things, you are not alone. These are the kinds of reactions that can happen to any and all of us as a result of the societal trauma we're experiencing. All of this to say, please reach out to either or both of us who serve as your ministers if it might help. Don't hesitate to seek professional counseling if needed. Don't hesitate to reach out to friends within the church. Don't hesitate to reach out to your other loved ones. All of this to say, together, we can imagine a way through this difficult time. You are not alone. Together, we can imagine a way through. Imagination is the spiritual topic we're exploring at the church this month. What does it mean to be a people of imagination? And I do think that our ability to imagine can help us through difficulties as we envision getting to better times to come. Our imagination can help us dream of better lives for ourselves and others, building a better world. Human imagination has led to so many advances in science, technology, medicine. So I'm going to come back later to some of the potential gifts of our imagination. Given the circumstances I described at the beginning of this sermon, though, I think it may be of value to start with a warning about the ways human imagination can lead us down harmful pathways if we allow it to become misdirected. 
For instance, we have just witnessed the fevered imaginings of, in my opinion, a malevolent narcissist about election fraud because of him being unable to accept having lost the election by a fairly large margin. This despite the fact that court after court, many filled with judges he appointed, rejected that such fraud occurred. In turn, he cast these false, fevered imaginings of a stolen election into the imaginations of many of his followers, leading up to inciting the riot at the Capitol and his becoming the first president in history to be impeached twice. And all of this, this is all related to how cultural mythologies can lead us to imagine falsities. falsities. Falsities like race and that certain of those races are superior to others. Myths like unbridled capitalism is the best economic system for everyone. Myths that hierarchical social arrangements such as those based on class, gender, race, gender identity, sexual orientation, and on and on are natural and the only way humans can successfully organize themselves. These falsities can get implanted deep within our imaginations, internalized in us, even when we don't agree with them consciously. They can also block us from imagining better ways of being and better ways of being with each other. Likewise, on a more individual level, we can imagine things that are harmful to us, like... I'm not good enough, or I have to strive for protection, or there must be some reason I deserve this painful thing that happened to me as just a few examples. And our imaginations can also lead us into unnecessary hostility with other people in our lives. Here's how philosopher and author Beatrice Bruteau described one way this can happen. She writes... Our problems with unhappiness are rooted in the imagination. For instance, we can interpret someone's accidental sharp tone of voice as an unfriendly reaction to ourselves. Begin to give that person life in our imagination as someone who doesn't like us. Therefore, be on the lookout for subsequent evidence of hostility. Be ready to interpret everything that happens in that light. And of course, ourselves show distrust and unfriendliness in turn, which naturally have their effect on the other person. And so, by building this thing up in our imagination, we can develop a whole atmosphere and relationship of hostility that may be completely false and unnecessary because it all began from something quite accidental. Okay, I don't want to risk depressing you, so that's probably enough about the ways in which we can let our imaginations lead us astray if we're not careful. I want to turn back now to some of the gifts our imaginations can give us. So to start, the arts, stories and myths, movies, poetry, theater, music, all spring from human imagination. And the really cool thing is, engaging in these helps us exercise our imagination, keep it alive and vital. And when we're telling ourselves some of those false stories I talked about earlier, we can redirect our imagination, creatively reimagine these stories in ways that are more healthy and life-giving for ourselves and for others. And 
our imagination can help us recognize and experience the sacred, the spiritual in the present, in our daily lives. Here is how the good Unitarian Universalist folks at Soul Matters, the group that provides us with these monthly spiritual topics, put it. Imagination is what transforms trees from potential firewood into wise friends. Imagination is what moves us from lording over the natural world to seeing ourselves as part of it. It gives the world a soul. And not just the natural world, but the ordinary world too. Through the lens of imagination, we perceive the common as precious, even miraculous. The laughter of children becomes the sound of angels. Sunshine on our faces becomes a greater treasure than gold. Our everyday lives are understood as amazing adventures and inexplicably lucky gifts. And as our hymn earlier, gathered here in the mystery of the hour, hints at, our imagination can also allow us to embrace the mystery in life, helping us to keep our spirituality and faith honest and undogmatic. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, and so I recently watched a video of his I Have a Dream speech once again, and was once again moved to tears. If you've never seen it or haven't watched it in a while, I encourage you to search for it on the internet and give it a look. I was reminded that our imaginations are what move us to work for a better world. We can dream of a world with more justice, a world with more peace, a world with more love. Dr. King dreamed of a world in which we built the beloved community, and that dream still inspires us to work toward that beautiful vision today. Oh, and there will be an inauguration this coming week also. A man I believe to be caring, decent, and competent will become our president, and the first woman of color in our history will become vice president. An extraordinarily smart, talented, and I think also very caring person. I think we can begin to hope for, begin to imagine a very different tone in our country. The restoration of norms that fortify our democracy and protect people's rights. And the beginning of amplified efforts to save our environment that is so currently threatened right now. Finally, I want to return to how imagination can help us through difficult times. Some of you have probably heard me talk about the time period when my spouse Wayne and I were involved in nonprofit community based work to do research on potential new treatments for HIV and the opportunistic infections related to it. It was a time before we had known effective treatments. We lost so many friends, patients, community members to the disease during that time that I find looking back on it hard, even now. And yet, those of us involved in the work somehow made it through until the more effective treatments were finally discovered. And I think maybe part 
of what helped us through is that we worked to imagine new and quicker ways to do the research. Scientists imagine new ways of viewing virology and the treatment of viruses, and all these years later, the new knowledge they gathered is part of what helped make it possible to cre create the coronavirus vaccines so quickly. We worked with the Food and Drug Administration to imagine expedited use programs so that more people could get access to promising new drugs even before the studies of those drugs were entirely completed. And one of those programs is why they have been able to begin get, getting vaccines out now even as the studies on them continue. We could imagine a time when HIV would be treatable a time when our friends with the disease would survive, and that helped us make it through. And my beloveds, together, we can imagine our way through this time. The vaccines are already being distributed, although more slowly than some of us would like, I know. Still, we can imagine a time when we can be physically together again, here, in this sanctuary, in this church building. I miss that so much. I know so many of you do also. We don't know exactly what that will look like and when it will be possible yet, but we don't have to know all of this to dream it together. And we can imagine helping each other through, being there for each other until that dream can be realized, whether it's through phone calls in virtual space or other safe means. Ours is a sacred bond. Our mutual faith and spiritual imaginations bind us together in this religious community. And one day, one day, my beloveds, that dream, which for now we can only imagine, will come true. At least in part, because we dreamt it together. Let there now be an offering to support this church and help keep it going through these challenging times. If you scroll upward on Facebook, you'll see an online giving link which will take you to our secure online contributions page. In the drop-down box, please select plate contribution or one of the other purposes to which you can direct your contribution. You can also mail contributions to the church. We are gratefully checking the mail and making deposits each week. Now, please join me and our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back into our daily lives now, I invite you to imagine, envision, dream, these are how we connect our lives and our world with the divine. I send you much love. I wish you much peace.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.